Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week, we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now, let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Brennan T. Adams, and on today's show, we have Laura Peterson. So Laura is the founder of Podtent Marketing, and she also has a podcast show, Copy That Pops, and just came out with a book, which is an Amazon bestseller, How to Grow Your Podcast Brand and Business with Compelling Copy. Yes, that's right. She made it an Amazon bestseller. I'm actually, I wrote the foreword for the book. I'm honored to be a part of that. But uh, in today's show, we're going to talk about her journey as an entrepreneur and talk about some of her failures, talk about how she was in the balloon business. Yes, she talks about the balloon business, what she was doing in the balloon business, and how it led her to everything she's doing today with podcasting. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast show or if you want to up your game with podcasting, this is going to be a great show for you to check out. We talk about how to write compelling copy with podcasting, how to make the show so you can reach more people, how to get more downloads. And her and I have a good conversation on this. And actually, we actually came together to create a program called the Podcasting Accelerator. So if you are looking to, to take that step forward and launch your podcast in 2017, or if you just want to up your game and, and learn some tips, because I've learned from her already from my own podcast show, she's become the executive producer of the show for doing everything else behind the scenes. So we have a program for you. It's called the Accelerator for podcasting, the podcasting accelerator. So go to, it's live to grind.com forward slash podcasting. That is live to grind.com forward slash podcasting. Check it out. We have a few seats left. Join the program. We're excited to help other people that are looking to get into podcasting. It's going to be a lot of fun. So let's jump right into it with Laura Peterson. Let's get started. Welcome back to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. I'm Bernie C. Adams, and on today's show, we have Laura Peterson. How's it going, Laura? It's good. I'm so excited to be here. You know, it's it, it, it's crazy, like, how much you've done in such a short period of time. And what did we meet, like, was it two months ago? Yeah, exactly, almost two, a couple months ago. Yeah, I know I've got it somewhere in my little notebook because I've been trying <laughs> would, to write. You would keep track of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, I didn't always write stuff down, but I just went to the, um, what's it called, Thrive Conference in San Diego. And that happened right around the time when we started working together and I was in your accelerator program. And they talked like Jack Canfield of Chicken Soup for the Soul. He talked about every morning before you do anything else, even if it's five minutes, just write out what's on your mind. And decide what are the most important things to do for the day yeah. and do those before anything else. So I've been trying to implement that. So I know I have a bit more notes than maybe in the past. Well, I guess say just from working with you, like how organized you are, which is beyond like me, I'm kind of <laughs> sporadic. But uh, I mean, obviously you, you went through the program and one of the big things, which we'll talk about later, is like you set the goal to write a book in 30 days and you did it and made it an Amazon bestseller, which is amazing. Yeah. 
and <laughs> just so much you've impressed me with with everything you did in the program and now the things that you're doing today. So I want to start off, Laura. Take me back to where you first got started as a young entrepreneur, where you first got started, the companies you got into, and then how it led you for us talking today. Yeah, so long story, but I'll try to make it entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> so a lot of entrepreneurs, yourself included, talk about saying that they were an entrepreneur from the beginning. Like I know Gary Vee says that. Obviously, Caleb Maddox is 15 and he's already killing it. Yeah. I feel like I'm different. I I grew up being told because my parents, neither of them, my birth parents didn't go to college. And so they felt that if their kids go to college and do well in school, that's going to be the recipe for success. And it just so happened that I was maybe, you know, well suited for that. So I studied hard. I did well in school. I was a big nerd. I was in all the AP honors classes and I didn't think at all about business or even money. So I was, I had a different path than I'd say most entrepreneurs. And I studied abroad in Germany during college for a year. Yep. And Wait, that can was you speak German. Yeah, I can Deutsch reden. Oh, kann wow. Oh, nice. No. <laughs> My grandma's full out German. She's from Berlin. I've been there once. Oh, really? That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, I studied German. I'm not German at all. My best friend is half German, so she wanted to study it. And that's the only reason I selected German in high school is to be in the best, same class with my best friend. And uh, so I studied abroad in Germany for a year during college because I wanted to become fluent. And you can't do that just in a class in the U.S. Wow. And that was a life changing year for me, 100 percent life changing in so many ways. A huge way around travel because I'm a huge travel holic. And that really just like kicked that into a big gear. But it also gave me another perspective because I was like, I grew up in Orange County, California. I'm so fortunate to be from Southern California. I couldn't live anywhere else. And after being in Europe for a year, I was like, wow, Europe is amazing. I want to see the world. I could live anywhere kind of a thing. So right when I got back, my dad happened to give me the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Nice. By Robert Kiyosaki. And he said, oh, I'm too old. Old dogs can't learn new tricks. This isn't for me, but maybe you can benefit from it. He was like 42 at the time. So still not old, but like that's what his mind mindset was. And uh, so I read the book and it was just like, mind explosion because I had never thought of the world in that way at all. I just thought it was get good grades, work hard, work harder than anyone else in your career or your school. And that's the recipe for success. And after reading that, everything changed. I was like, I want to get into real estate. I want to start businesses. I want to do all this stuff. So, and I was 21 when I read that and I'm 35 now. So that's 14 years ago. So what's the big takeaway from the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, that really changed how you think? Like, for me, like I always relate to think and go rich. And I think the biggest thing there is like, you got to believe in yourself, what you can do and never quit and then surround yourself with a mastermind group. So with Rich Dad, Poor Dad, what, what were your key takeaways? I think the number one thing for me was that there's kind of two sides of a qua of the quadrant. There's like four pieces to it. And on one side are folks who are trading their time for money. So that's people who have a job. Or they create a job for themselves. So for example, maybe like a doctor, they might be making two, $300,000 a year, but they still are trading their time for money. They can only go so far. So that was the side of the equation that my entire family was on that I was aware of that I always thought of. And I always thought that was the only way in my little world. But then I saw the other side of the equation where people who create businesses or buy real estate and their money makes more money, their money works for them. So now they're not just only able to make as much money as time they have in the day. 
make money while you sleep. Yeah. And that was just like completely a mind shift. And he, he presented it in such a clear, easy to understand way. It didn't feel like, oh, that's what only rich people know how to do. It was like, oh, everyone can do this. You just have to learn the tools. You got to learn the tools. And also you can't have that mindset like, hey, yeah. they did it because they're lucky or their parents gave it to them or, exactly. you know what I mean? Because everybody has the opportunity. We all have the same opportunities. Just nobody, not everybody takes them. Yeah. Yeah. So what, what was the first company you got into? What, what is the first company that you dove into and really kind of learned? And maybe there's a couple <laughs> where you failed and succeeded. What, what did that look like? Oh yeah. I have some failure ones. I, I can tell you one that I My, definitely I want to hear it. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> I have a friend named Will who is teasing me about doing all these Facebook lives these days. So he likes to also tease me about this one business that didn't end up working out. But I met, I met these two guys in actually a rich dad poor dad class. There was like a class that would put on at community colleges in Arizona teaching you about different principles. And so I met these two guys and we're like, let's start a business together. And one of them was like a professional balloon animal maker. Wow. So. Like, yeah. So he could make balloon animals. They were really cool. And he was like, okay, let's do this. Why don't we find people who can make balloon animals, find families who want balloon animal people at their house and, you know, we'll put them together and take a cut. And I was like, that's a great idea. But of course, in order to really be able to sell this business, I need to know how to make some balloon animals. So he like taught me like five or something. And I even so embarrassing. I like went to a restaurant because he's like, you have to practice like actually asking for money for these. <laughs> so I went to like a restaurant that he knew about in Phoenix and I like went table to table and I was like, I'll just make it for your kid. And it's just donation. You don't have to give me anything. And like, I was so embarrassed, but I actually, but I did it. I mean, that's like one of my little entrepreneurial like sales. You made balloons. I made balloon animals for kids at a restaurant. And they didn't like pop in the process of making them. No, I was, I mean, I got good at the couple I knew. My still, I can still do a monkey to this day. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe I'll make you a monkey. Oh, definitely. So what, what did that look like then? So like what that business, did you end up doing it for a while or did it make any money? It No, it fell apart before it got started. And part of the reason was, so the three of us, we would meet like once a week and we'd have all these things that we said we were going to do. And every time we met, I was the only one on time and I was the only one who did my stuff that I said I was going to do. And everyone else was like, oh, something came up. I'm so sorry, blah, blah, blah. And I mean, that happened a couple of weeks and I was like, this is, this is not going anywhere. So yeah, I mean, uh, to have a good team, everybody's got to pull their way. And yeah. like, you got to be forward thinkers. I mean, for every team, people need to be able to do things without even being asked. But yeah. if you have somebody in the team that's dragging people down and like, you have to keep on them all the time, it hurts everyone. And that's, again, for great teams that I see are people, especially for, for my team, everything we do is people just get shit done without even yeah. having to be asked. And they yeah. add more value than most people could expect. 100%. So I think that, you know, it was a lesson for anyone who's, trying to start a business and wants a business partner. It's just like hiring employees. Sometimes it takes a few broken eggs before you find one that really works out. So keep at it. Like don't beat yourself up if your first partnership doesn't work because I would be shocked if it did quite frankly. Yeah. You, that doesn't happen very often. I've been through many different deals. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Hey, that's a part of it. You gotta, you gotta go through the journey before you can find somebody that's a perfect business relationship. It's just like dating. Like, some people find their lifelong sweetheart when they're in high school. 
I didn't, but okay. Like some people do like, but most people have to try it out a couple times and, and learn along the way. <laughs> so after uh, making mon monkeys and balloons, <laughs> balloon monkeys, what, what was your next business endeavor? <laughs> well, I've got a couple other failures we could talk on. I want to hear, I want to hear, I want to hear another failure. I okay. love the failure. <laughs> so, um, another one actually, so this one is also with two other business partners. And one of these people is my now business partner for Podtent Marketing, which is a successful company. But we tried something many years ago that didn't work out with another guy. But these two other guys, they're dear, dear friends of mine, still friends. One of them knew how to count cards. So in Vegas, huh. the, the only game that you can play where the odds can come in your favor slightly versus the house is blackjack. So... If you know how to count cards, you just know how to increase your odds of making the right decision on whether to hit or stay. Do you know anything about that? Oh, yeah, I do. I do. Okay. And Vegas knows this. They've put in safeguards and precautions to, to counter card counters. But anyway, back, you know, 10 years ago, whenever we did this, we wanted to teach people how to count cards. So we made this deck of cards that would like teach you how to count cards as you went through it. And uh, I think we called it Blackjack 21 or something like that. We even like made little prototypes and I don't know. <laughs> it's so long ago have, now. But Have you ever seen that movie? I don't know if they call it 21. Yeah, yeah. What, is, oh, yeah. Is Kevin Spacey in it? Like, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. yeah that came after what we were doing. I was going to say, because that kid got his ass kicked <laughs> because yeah. of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, from my understanding, I'm not like a professional card counter. It's not illegal. But it's also not allowed, so it's, they can kick it's you frowned out. Frowned upon. Yeah, yeah, really frowned upon. <laughs> it, it's like well, the movie uh, Hangover, where they they take the the one guy. And I can't even think what the actor's name is, but they take him in and like they win a bunch of money. Yeah. <laughs> and like, let's come back next week and take the whole city down. <laughs> oh man! But no, so counting cards, I would have never guessed that. So tell me the next entrepreneur endeavor where it became a successful business. Okay. So the first one that really finally worked was I was, I went back to teaching because a lot of my stuff didn't work out. So I kind of ran back to what I knew because I'm like, I have to pay the bills. And what I know is education. I'm a big nerd. And uh, I did a master's in education and I taught high school math and psychology for five years, which is a nice. funny combination, but I think it kind of really reflects who I am. Like I like the psychology. I like people, but I also like numbers and like organizations. So I kind of top both. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a fun mix. And part of the reason I wanted to be teacher too is because of my obsession with travel. So literally the second school was out, I was on the next plane out of the country and I did not come back until like the second before the next faculty meeting that I had was required to be there. So I've backpacked all through Southeast Asia, Central America, Peru, Europe, multiple times. Um, I've gone everywhere and that was part of the reason I became a teacher for those five years. Um, so so what, what did you learn? So I love psychology, by the way. I love taking it yeah. in college. So like, what are some things that really fascinate you with psychology and human beings and how it helps you yeah. as an entrepreneur and just in business? Well, if you want to study psychology and have it applicable to business and even just getting along with people, you have to study social psychology. And so much that you learn in psychology, you realize that our brains are designed to survive in an environment in which we no longer find ourselves. So our brains are designed to survive in the wilderness where you're fighting saber toothed tigers and hunting, you know, searching for berries all day long just to survive. And if you don't get fire, like you're going to die. So like our brains are designed for that. 
And now we live in an environment where there's food on every corner and we don't have those same struggles. So for example, to kind of tie it into business and entrepreneurship, we are programmed to fear what we don't know, to have a healthy fear of what we don't know. And that makes sense because if you see a person that you don't recognize in the wilderness from a tribe you don't know, that's a potential threat. Like you could get killed, you could get kidnapped, whatever. So our brains are programmed to not like and to not trust and to be weary of those that we don't know, which is why you have so much racism and stereotypes and all this stuff. Yeah. So if we're aware of that, we can do things like traveling more or expanding our social group or just listening a little bit deeper and trying to understand the other person's perspective and not just write them off as like, oh, they don't get it or I don't know them. So they must be wrong. So we have these tendencies to to give more benefit of the doubt to people who are in our group that we consider in our group. It's called in-group bias. So things like that where once we understand our mind, we can let it not control us in a negative way. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, I've always, I, I like to see other people's perspective and try to put myself in their shoes. And like, there's one thing people, isn't it true? Like within seven seconds, we're judging somebody right away. Oh yeah. 100%. Everything about them. And, and that's just who we are as people. Like that's what our, how our mind works. But if we can learn to try to see from somebody's point of view and not shut that out. So listen to people that you think maybe they don't understand or whatever you want to say about them, but listen to their point of view and try to understand it from their point of view and then speak their language. At least mm -hmm. if you can do that, you can relate to them. You can build trust with them and then you can do business together. Right. Yeah. That's and, like a first great lesson in sales too. It's like, and not in a manipulative way, but like you have to understand where your customer is coming from or you're never going to be able to provide them what they really need. Exactly. Exactly. So you, you did the teacher thing, math and yeah. psychology. What was the, the next endeavor that you did for yourself? Yeah. So the last year that I was teaching, I think it was 2011. Yeah, that makes sense because now it's 2016. So I was about to turn 30 and I was like, I love teaching, but it's not enough for me. I would look at the other teachers who were there as like career teachers. And I'm like, I'm not you. I I can't be you. Like, I felt like I would die inside if I, I would die in a regular nine to five. And I even was feeling like starting to die, even in the structure of an educational system school type thing. So I just knew I wanted to start a business, but I had no idea what it would be. And I, uh, I salsa dance also. So I have this friend that nice. I was salsa dancing with and I was telling him, I was like kind of down and just frustrated, like, ah, and he's like, well, if you were going to start a business, what would it be? And I was like, well, I think it would be tutoring because that's what I know. I know education. And he's like, I have a friend who started a tutoring company when he was in high school as a high school kid. Like he's this young go-getter. You guys should talk. So his name is Todd Van Duzer, who he's you been, happen to know. You happen to know he's actually been on the show before. And the, the funny thing is he actually, he came to Young Ons for a convention or event mm -hmm. and he was even... He, he slept in her hotel room with us and they missed their flight out to Phoenix. They did really? that, that next day. But it's funny how things work because we met. And at that point, I didn't know you were yeah. any association with him. Yeah. And I didn't want to mention that because, you know, lately, the past two years, I've been really into podcasting and, and he's aware of that. It's not like that's a secret, but yeah. I just kind of wanted to get to know you through the accelerator in a completely different mindset and and not kind of leverage that or so or, what did you learn in that business so what did that business look like how did it run yeah. how did you guys make money and then like how did it grow yeah so we started it about five years ago and 
Todd is great at sales. I am not. <laughs> I'm the teacher side. I'm like, I don't want to take money from you. I want to help you. So we were a great yin and yang in that way. So he was like on the phone, like making deals. And I was hiring tutors and creating the curriculum and material. And I also did a lot of networking in the Chandler Chamber of Commerce, which ended up being a great thing for our business. So I really recommend that to people get involved in your local community. And uh, yeah, so we were just a really good yin and yang sort of fit in that way. And we also went from just being in the in the uh, Phoenix area to also offering online courses, online tutoring so that we could help people around the country and really around the world where anyone has an Internet connection. So you guys built the team then. I mean, you, you oh, yeah. grow the group. And I guess what was for anybody that wants to build their team, I know everybody wants to expand and grow. Like what did you do to grow the team and get them motivated to be more incentivized to work with them and then be a part of it? Like. What are some techniques yeah. you use in growing the team with student tutor? Well, in terms of tutors, we up until this point, we've only just paid them hourly, but we really try to create an environment, a culture where it's very open and supportive. So anytime anyone had an issue with a client or they're just like frustrated or confused or anything, they knew that they could come to us. No judgment, no pressure. Like we are going to help them out no matter what it took. So I think that creating that for our employees, for our tutors is a great thing that people should take away is like really keep that open communication and make sure you do anything you can like treat your employees like you would your customers, like just as attentively because they are part of the lifeblood of your company. And then in terms of a more of an internal team, you know, Todd did a really good job. I let him kind of run point on that because he's the the ultimate head of the company. And he's really good at motivating and like getting people inspired and like, what are your goals? You can do it. And and so I just try to support that. And and my personality is different too. So I'm more of like a nurturing, soft-spoken personality. And some people identified with Todd's sort of like forceful, oh, let's go approach. Yeah. And then sometimes they kind of came to me later and was like, I want to talk to you in a more like calm way. So I think that our combination even helped the team get what they needed. That's a good, Yeah. I mean, if you have two people that are like that, like two of me and a business <laughs> doesn't work, you need, yeah. you need each component to it to create a team. And that's why like the power of a mastermind, each yeah. person is an expert in their area and their combined resources together help you go far with a common goal in mind. So Definitely. that obviously worked for you. So where did, what happened after so doing that? Like, how did you get into podcasting? Yeah. So one of the business partners from this counting cards endeavor is one of my dearest friends. I've known him, gosh, since, I don't know, 2004, 2005. So probably going on 10 years or more now. His name is Dominic Sirianni. And he is the podcast host for the Internet Marketing Association's podcast, which is called I Am a Leader. And he has a full-time day job too. He's high up in uh, educational marketing or whatever. I forget. But he was doing this podcasting on the side because he really is interested in digital marketing and has a strong connection with that organization. And he was like, oh, I'm so busy. I don't have time to write show notes, do social media, write blog articles. And he was like, Hey, Laura, you want to make a couple hundred bucks? I'll pay you. And you just take everything off my plate. As soon as I'm done with the audio, you take it from there. And I was like, okay, because I'm a big nerd for writing too. And I was getting really even more into digital marketing with things I was learning from 
student tutor and then beyond all my own self-study. So I did that for about two years. And around this time last year, so the very end of 2015, I was living in Germany again yeah. <laughs> with, my, with my husband because we just spent the past year in Europe. And Dominic called me up and he was like, hey, I've been thinking what you and I are doing together where he was doing the uh, podcast audio editing and then I was doing all the content after that and really promoting it. He was like, what we're doing together is a business. Like this is a great offering to other companies and other really ambitious entrepreneurs who want to take their business to the next level. And I was like, yeah, that sounds great. So we started content marketing and we got our first clients just from word of mouth and our own networks and have just been growing it from there. But, you know, for that company, we like it as like a small, more boutique, high end, high touch service so that we're not we're not trying to get 500 clients by tomorrow. We're just trying to find the right, perfect clients who want super attention to detail and a lot of content repurposing. So I can so I want to jump into this, into the accelerator program that you went through, because then I can talk about how you with what you do <laughs> with content marketing, you became well now the executive producer of my show here, this for yeah. doing the notes and helping us, I mean, get it out. I mean, completely changed everything, which your work is amazing. It blows my mind. It makes my life easier. And I even became a better speaker because of it. So talk about your experience in the accelerator program and some of the things you learned. And then I'll go into like how it even came about you working with me. Sure. Well, so I heard about your accelerator actually from one of my first clients for Potent. Her name is Megan Alonzo. Yes. I love Megan. Yes. Megan. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. And earlier this year, Megan interviewed you on her podcast, uh, inspired by Amua. So I heard you, I did your show notes for her, for her podcast. And then I also saw you on a video with Caleb Maddox on a Facebook live. So I had seen you in those two ways and I heard about your convention because Megan went to it. And so I kind of just had seen you for a while and noticed that you were being consistent. And I agreed with the messages you were putting out. So when Megan told me about the accelerator, I think, what was that like early October or something yeah. like two months ago, she was like, Oh, I'm not sure if I want to join this. Cause you know, it's not free, but yeah. she's like, people are going to be more, dedicated and and working hard in it so i think i'll get a lot out of it and i was like oh i don't need another one i've already got a great one but she sent me the the url for it and just what you had on the sales page i was like oh this is exactly what i need so i signed up <laughs> yeah and it, it was and that's a thing like one thing to learn too for different programs or masterminds like when you pay to be a part of them like more yeah. people are serious versus like oh i'm just because if you don't pay anything like you don't have any skin in the game but then also like it's a group of people that are in it and right. that's where it's really powerful. So when you started, like, talk about what your process is like. Because, I mean, you you run the accelerator to, to come on the show. And you knocked out of the park. And not only that, like, I tell some people that are going through the accelerator, like, I'm looking for my next business partners. And now, like, I'm working with you. So what what are the things that challenge you? What did you learn in the program? And then yeah. talk about what you did, which is a book. And then also the added value <laughs> aspect. Yeah. Okay. So the reason that I decided to join the accelerator and it also answers the question of what I got out of it is it kind of ties into the what I've mentioned before as well. I'm not as much of a salesperson. I was happy to let Todd be the face of the student tutor company. I would rather overall be a bit more in the background, 
So when I saw what you talked about is like becoming an influencer and putting yourself out there, because I realized with my podcasting ventures, I needed to be more public. I needed to have more authority, visibility, credibility, and that all comes with putting yourself out there. So I saw that's what you're all about. You live by example. And you also talked about it on the sales page. So it's like, okay, this is going to be a good push for where I think that I need to take myself to the next level. And so we talked about goals around doing more speaking, public speaking, being interviewed on more podcasts and uh, doing Facebook lives. I had never done a Facebook live in my life until the accelerator. And the first one, I was like nervous, like feeling a little shaky, <laughs> but I had like little notes and stuff. But literally by the by the third one, I hit live before I was even ready. The video was like not even facing me. And I was like, wow, just by the third one, I'm already so comfortable. I didn't even pay attention to where the video camera is pointing. <laughs> And now I don't mind them at all. And we're doing an accelerant TV that's every Thursday now on Facebook Live. So, so that has been a great push. I'm doing more Snapchats. And I notice that when I do more Facebook Lives, even though my friends like my buddy will tease me a little bit, like you're always on Facebook Live, I get more business. I get more visibility. I get more interest in what I'm doing. My numbers on my podcast go up. So it really does contribute. And then the other thing that you asked about is the book. So when we started the accelerator, I had zero plans to write a book. Which but, I, it's hard to believe with your background <laughs> writing after seeing the emails that you write so detailed and long to me. <laughs> I know. I remember the first email because the very first like pre homework assignment you gave us was to send you an email with what are your current struggles? What do you want to get out of the accelerator? And like some other question. And I wrote probably like five pages worth, like really, yep. de- but not like massive paragraphs. Like I do detailed bullets that are broken out by sections. So it's easy to scan and like, com- you know, comprehend. And you're like, Oh my God, like you wrote more than anybody else and put more thought into this than anybody else. So you're like, maybe right then you saw like, I'm serious. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, creating content for me is not a problem. I, like I said, like my nerdy, my nerdy background is coming out in a good way for business. I really have no problem with creating content. Uh, I just kind of needed to push myself to be more visible. So with the book idea, you, James Altucher and this guy named Eric Yang all within a week looked at me like dumbfounded. Why don't you have a book yet? And I was like, okay, I'm just going to do it. And let's just put a crazy deadline. I was like, I want to have this done by the end of the accelerator. So I have, cause I wanted to also be a star student in your class. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, yeah, and I did it. And so I published it on uh, November 28th and it hit number one bestseller the first day it went out in the category of podcasts and webcasts. Which is insane. So in this <laughs> book, like it's a 300 and some page book. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wasn't lazy about it. I didn't just like pop out like 30 pages. So, so anybody listening, like, so it blew my mind how much that Laura can write in her sleep and like the notes that you do and just so paying attention to detail, the quotes that you pull out of it, the things that you do, it's like, above and beyond what anybody else would do. So mm-hmm. for you, what you did at the book, which is awesome, what are some tips you can give to other people that want to write their own book or to become a bestseller? What are some tips to become a bestseller? Okay, so one tip to write the book, first of all, I would say is think of the book as multiple blog posts around a central theme tied together. I feel like that makes it less daunting. Like just think of every chapter is a nice blog post that you would put out and you could even break things down like that. Say, okay, here are 10 blog posts that I would write 
write them out one at a time, make sure they tie them together. Now you've got a book. So like break it down into smaller bites. So it's not so daunting in terms of hitting bestseller on Amazon. It's not as hard as people would think. Although I want you to think it was really hard. So you're really impressed with me, (laughs) but there's two things that you need to do in order to hit bestseller. Number one is you need to promote in advance. So you can't just put it out there. And then the day is live. Say, Hey, everyone go buy it. Like no one's going to do that. You need to promote it in advance. So about two, three, four weeks before, as I was actually still writing it, I was doing Facebook lives, giving people updates. I said, Hey, what do you guys think about this cover? How should I tweak it? What do you like more one or two A or B or whatever? I was getting people involved, making people feel a part of the process and getting legit feedback that was going to make it better. So that's number one, you have to promote beforehand. And number two is you have to pick the correct category for the book to be put inside. So if you're in a category where, and I can actually, I'm thinking about shooting a video and even making like a little course about this because I can totally show you, but I have to show you on on a screen share. But what you do is you look at the number one bestsellers in a category and you look at their information and you see how are they ranking overall. So if they're number one in a category and their overall ranking is like 10,000, you know, that's a great category because this book isn't killing it everywhere else. He's just killing it in this category. So, you know, that's a, a viable option. But if you're the book that you're looking at is number one in that category, but it's like Tim Ferriss's and it's also number 10 in all of Amazon, like, okay, maybe that's a category you don't want to get involved in because it's too competitive. So those two things combined, you can get there. Yeah. I'm glad because my book's coming out in January and you're going to help me get bestseller. Oh, I, I, I got you back. <laughs> oh, you've learned a lot there. So, so obviously you, you mastered the, the book concept, creating the book. And now before we go here, just kind of the podcasting end. So yeah. what are some tips? And I know we, we've come together to create a podcasting accelerator loan for somebody, which I wish I would have had before I launched University of Young Entrepreneurs and all my other exactly. podcast shows because I made a lot of mistakes in the process of launching. But podcasting, I mean, just put a blog post out, The Power of Podcasting, and ways to make money from podcasting that most people don't even know. For me, I have no sponsorship on the show, but there's ways to make money in other outlets, and there's so many other benefits to it. So for you, like, what are some top tips for podcasting that you can give out there for anybody that wants to start a show or even doing their own show now? Yeah, so one thing I love encouraging entrepreneurs who already have a legit business to start a podcast, because a podcast can be a business. I mean, you can survive just off of a podcast, but like if you listen to a recent interview you had with Jen Briney, who is making a full-time income off her podcast, it takes time, maybe even years. So my favorite types of people to work with in starting a podcast are entrepreneurs who are already selling a product or service. So they're already paying the bills and the lights aren't going to get shut off, but they want a tool that is going to help them expand their network expand their circle of influence, expand their reach, their audience, their ability to communicate and engage with their audience and drive more traffic, brand awareness and sales to their business already. So that's kind of one in a way that's a tip is really look hard at where you are right now. If you're making $0 a month, I don't recommend starting a podcast out of nowhere unless you maybe already have an audience elsewhere on YouTube or something that you could also push into it. But if you are ready to take your business to the next level, then a podcast I would 100% recommend. Um, In terms of making a good podcast, you need to do one of two things. You need to entertain or you need to educate where number one is entertain. 
So, (laughs) so I think those two things you have to keep in mind. And that also helps influence the copy that you use around naming the podcast or naming the episodes or writing the show notes or sharing social media posts about promoting the episodes. You need to think what's going to entertain someone and or what's going to educate them. Those are the main two things. If it's not doing one of those, don't even bother. (laughs) (laughs) You know, so uh, I, I mean, again, I've, and this is some of the, one of the things I cover in my book coming out next year is it's all about the power of podcasting. It's so powerful. I mean, it helps you sell more, helps you reach more people, helps you get a better voice. It helps you become a better writer. It helps you connect with influencers. It's helped help me make many business deals with people such as John Lee Dumas or Kevin Harrington Mm -hmm. and, and on and on and on. So like I love podcasting and it's become a hobby of mine. I have a lot of recordings I haven't even gave publicly (laughs) to people, but so anybody before we go, so what, if somebody wanted to join the, the program we're doing together for podcasting, where can they find it? Why should they join? And do you have a discount for them to get in? Yeah. So you can go to live to grind.com forward slash podcasting. That's your website, or I could say our website, website since yes. I'm helping you out. Yes. And uh, if you put in my last name, you will save 10%. So my last name is Peterson with all E's, no O. And uh, what was the other question? question Why should they join? (laughs) Why should they? Well, they should if they want to go 30 days in 30 days from idea to iTunes and beyond. Every step is outlined. I mean, you've already heard that I'm a big nerd. I have a background in teaching. I love to break things down. So it's super easy for you guys to learn, understand and implement and not feel lost, not feel like you have to go waste weeks and weeks searching through Google and sorting through the old stuff, sorting, sorting through the junk. And you just know exactly what you need to do right now to get your podcast up and launching. And the other great benefit is like Brandon talks about all the time with masterminding. We are going to keep the group to a maximum of 15 or 20 people. So it's going to be 15 or 20 people plus us coaching you along And you're going to have a private Facebook group. We're going to have weekly one-on-ones, weekly group calls. And it's going to be a really great environment for you to get those ratings and reviews and subscribes, which are so important early on if you want to hit iTunes new noteworthy. I know. That's one Mm -hmm. thing going back in time. If I would have had more of the five-star reviews, and especially Mm -hmm. if just everybody in the group that supports you and giving that, I mean, that's big for your launch. It's everything. For sure. And if someone comes and visits a new podcast and they have no reviews, no ratings, or like just one sitting there, they might be like, oh, I'm not sure. But if they like come and there's like 15 or 20, 22 of them, they're like, wow, like this guy just started, this girl just started and already people are impressed. Like they're going to be more likely to hit subscribe and listen themselves. Highly suggest anybody looking to start a podcast show, check out the the program, the podcast accelerator, live to grind.com forward slash podcasting. I'm even part of the group to help you guys everything with three podcast shows I have and even what I've learned with the TV show on how to help you monetize it and just become a more established entrepreneur. I think podcasting is a great way. Me almost being two years in, mm-hmm. I love it. I love it. So check out the program. The last thing I want to leave with, obviously, like the accelerator, congrats to you for everything you've done. And now like what well, you did the most is what I, I always say for our influencer program is add value to others. You mm-hmm. added a massive value to me and now we're working together. It just goes to show what you can do in a short period of time. If you make yourself worth uh, what you say you can and also like prove what you can do. Mm-hmm. So you've done that. Congrats. 
What's the last thing you want to leave the audience with, your best advice uh, to leave with them on how to have success in life or just anything in business? Yeah, I think both in life and in business, you are the average of who you're hanging out with. That is so huge. And I'm feeling it even more so like this past year. I'm not saying I'm cutting people out of my life, but I love spending time with people who just can't help themselves. They want to talk about business and growth and podcasting and smart ways to just do things like that. And if you're talking, if you're hanging out with people who like to gossip and like to get drunk all the time and talk about the latest TV show, that's fine. That's cool. Maybe, I don't know. But if you want to get to like the really highest next level, you have to be around people who are obsessed with that too. I really believe that. 100%. You are the average of five people you hang out with. You need to join a mastermind. You need to be around people mm -hmm. big. Find somebody who's already achieved what you want to achieve, follow in their footsteps. If you want to become a billionaire, hang out with billionaires. I like saying yep. billionaire because I like to think bigger <laughs> than millionaire. So thank you, Laura, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you. Great. Gave some great uh, stuff for the audience in terms of becoming a best-selling author and podcasting, telling your story, psychology, everything. Thank <laughs> you. I'm excited for everything to come coming forward. And everybody listening, you know what time it is? It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone. I hope you enjoyed today's show with Laura Peterson. Go over to livetogrind.com forward slash podcasting and check out the program for podcasters. We're doing an accelerator program for podcasters. Laura and I are leading the program. We're gonna be working with you to help take your podcast to the next level, to help you launch it, to help you become all around better entrepreneur. I'm excited for this program and we'd love to have you join. Check that out and also go to brandontadams.com to check out the notes for this show. Laura is a very smart cookie. She knows her stuff and I'm glad and honored to have her a part of my team for everything that she does. She is very, with her notes and, and with what she does with copy, it just blows my mind. So if you're looking to have somebody do your podcast notes to help you reach more people, get more downloads, and to make life easier for you, I highly suggest contacting Laura. She has content marketing where she, she does notes, she does the audio, she does all the things that most podcasters don't want to think about. So highly suggest you contact her. She, I five star, give her everything for what she's done for my program. So highly suggest her. And everyone, I hope you all have a great Christmas. Happy holidays. I know that uh, I'll be traveling to Minneapolis here to, to spend the holidays there and actually go back to the cold. I'm in Orlando right now, so it's, it's like 80 degrees here, but I know it's like below zero back there. But I hope you enjoy the holidays. Have fun with your loved ones because that's what it's all about. Spend time with your family and friends. Enjoy yourself. And until next time, you know what time it is. It is time to go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable because life is too short not to. I'm Brennan C. Adams. Have a great day, everyone.